Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Adventure Audio Podcast. On this episode, we have a another installment of the Ask the Coaches version of the podcast, which is with Jim Capra, who is the head coach at Tyler Hamilton Training, uh, as well as Tyler himself. Uh, we had a couple of great listener questions that we were able to get into in this episode, and we really enjoyed doing them. So um, from Jim, Tyler, and myself, please, if you've been listening to the podcast, if you um, like listening to Tyler and Jim from a training perspective, and you've got something that you'd like to know about either within your own training program or perhaps an event that you're gearing up towards, uh, please reach out to us at adventureaudiopodcast.gmail.com. If you're interested in what Tyler and Jim do from a training perspective, tylerhamiltontraining.com is where you can uh, reach out to Tyler and Jim or just learn a little bit more about their services and what they can do. Uh, But in the meantime, yeah, if you're curious, please reach out to us. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at We're Adventure Audio, and you can reach out to us in that format as well. We'd be happy to hear from you. Um, A big thank you uh, to Jim and also from Jim Tyler and myself for listening. We really enjoy doing these these versions of the episodes and uh, we're going to keep rolling them out as long as we keep getting great listener questions, which we have been. So again, we really appreciate it. And uh, if you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it, first of all, thank you. Secondly, we would love it if you were able to leave us a review or uh, just tell a friend about the pod. We really appreciate it. We're going to keep rolling them out and uh, we'll be back to you again soon with another episode. Thank you. Before we get started it feels almost inappropriate to not at least talk about uh co- talk about the coronavirus or COVID-19. yeah 19 um it's a yeah. weird time like what what's it like around where you guys are yeah um you know where i am it's kind of one of the early hotbeds of like a lot of breakouts here in like yeah. around seattle it's so it's it's kind of it's everywhere you know right now and um ty and i were speaking a little bit ago um over the phone just a, a few minutes ago and you know for a lot of people like who you know are our age or you know athletes or whatnot are like well i'm not afraid of coronavirus you know it's probably just going to be like a cold which is i think true if you're younger and, and healthy but we got to think of you know our friends and family and you know clients who are either a little older or you know, immunosuppressed. We work with people that have MS. And so there's, you know, that population. It, it's, you know, we might come through okay, but you got to think of others right now for sure. So, and Definitely. there are people also yeah. that are young and, and healthy, but, you know, are on medications that are immunosuppressant, right, for various reasons. And, and they're, you know, at risk too. So it's scary. It is. It's escalated really quickly. Um, we've had, uh, you know, we, we've um, a lot of companies are freezing travel and uh, just encouraging people to stay home and, you know, use use Skype, use Zoom, use Google Meetup, uh, do all that kind of stuff. And I think um, the United States just did a just did a freeze on travel. Uh, so I mean, for context, for anybody who's listening to the pod today, we're, we're recording on March 12th, I think, March 12th, 2020. Um, people can't travel from the United States to Europe. Uh, and there's been a number of European countries that have been frozen out from traveling to the U.S. for like 30 days. Um, the NBA and the NHL have suspended play. Like it's, it's strange, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. 
it's amazing for sure. Lots of unknowns. Yeah, but you know, to your point, like we need to protect one another and the people who are more susceptible to what it can do. Because yeah, it, it really does sound like if you're middle aged, healthy, and strong, it sounds like more of a nuisance than anything. Um, but it can be obviously really dangerous for people that are older or really little people or, uh, yeah, people who might have like lung issues and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it is what it is, but you know, hopefully this, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I've heard some doctors say that they're, they're hopeful that it's very much like a, like a regular flu season. And that as we head into spring, that that's going to have a bit of an effect on it all on its own, but We'll see. Yeah, hopefully it's, you know, more of a seasonal um, type of event, but I think that's still unknown, so. Totally. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's wild. Has it, affected, has it affected any travel for you guys? Uh, I think it has for Tyler, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I've already had a bunch of stuff canceled, so yeah, I expect more, more to come, more to come, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think, yeah, if you don't have to travel, if you don't, you don't have to be in a big group situation, you know, you know I think you avoid that. And, you know, I, I think the worst is yet, yet to come for sure. Unfortunately, so. I think you're probably right. I was in, uh, I was in Toronto's Pearson airport on uh, Monday, I guess it would have been. And I, I, you know, I haven't been in that airport a bunch of times, but I've been in it five or six times and it was by far the quietest I've ever seen it. So people are definitely uh, cutting way down on travel. And I saw sea otter got canceled too, which, is uh that sucks that's a big, big yeah that's flag good. on the flight calendar i think cumulative that's like the biggest cycling event in the u.s or north america at this point just because the sea otter classic out in monterey california has so many different um events attached to it right there's yeah. there's all kinds of mountain bike and enduro and road yeah. events all in one it's like one big festival but yeah. that's the right thing to do yeah, you know, for sure. Right yeah, it is because it's those yeah. huge mass gatherings that are the big concern, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, interesting time. You guys stay safe and keep family safe and just, uh, you know, be sensible. I guess that's all we can do. Yeah, you too, especially while you're traveling this week. Yeah, Pete. thank you. you I'm going to get I'm going to get home tomorrow and then I'm going to sort of bunker down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. And that's that's pretty much it. So oh, boy. The weekend, I guess we can kind of get into it. We've got, um, we've accumulated some interesting questions, not that many of them, but some ones that I think might take a little bit more time and that we can kind of dig into um, everybody. So that Jim probably has a really intelligent and articulate response to our first question. Uh, it's because we gave him a heads up on it because it's sort of in depth. Um, this question actually came from, from a friend of mine who uh, is... Uh, avid cyclist his name is brad Muir. he's a friend of mine in calgary um and uh he's a listener of the podcast so we appreciate you listening brad and brad was wondering he takes a very methodical approach to his training because he needs to right he's got a busy life he's got kids um and that's some of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast and i think that that's great and he wanted to know your guys's take on sort of breaking down uh training volume from a perspective of training indoors or in the off season so his question reads as such, uh, training, training volume concept is pretty simple, similar to weight training where you increase the weight or reps or even both from week to week. Volume for the week then is weight X reps 
for a specific exercise, squats, for example, added together. So three days of five sets, five times 200 pounds would give 15,000 pounds of volume. A five-week build might increase weekly volume to 20,000 pounds, followed by a recovery week of, say, 12 to 15,000 pounds. The next five-week block would go to 25,000 pounds, etc. Cycling's a little more complex as the volume metric isn't as obvious. Miles don't work, nor do hours. Intensity does, though, which is the TSS, training stress score, taking into account basically the time spent at that span of effort from zones one through seven or whatever. Cool way to make the most of your available time on the bike. So as I, as I started to think about that, I thought, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense to to keep sort of a log and, and build it into training arcs as you would, um, you know, even with running volume or weight training. So we have, what's, what's your take on that? What kind of recommendations would you make? Obviously it's a little easier to do if you're training with wattage, but with heart rate zones, you could probably break it down, I think as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. Brad, um, great question. And thanks for, for, uh, tuning into the show and for reaching out. And also said like a like a true engineer. <laughs> yeah, right. totally right. For, for yeah. sure, for sure. I think um, you know a lot of what he said is is true. However, part of the classical definition of in cycling of volume does um, include time, right? So volume, you know, defined in cycling is frequency times duration. Right. So how many times a week you ride for how long? So that's the in a nutshell how we define volume. But I think that there are a lot of nuances, like he had mentioned, that pertain to an individual's zones. He had mentioned um, TSS, which stands for training stress score. Our workouts are delivered through um, an online calendar through a great company called Training Peaks. They're based out of Boulder, Colorado. And I would think that probably most people listening to this podcast are familiar with Training Peaks or have used them currently or in the past. But anyhow, they had developed the TSS, which essentially is a number that is indicative of the intensity of a workout in relation to your um, lactate threshold. And so, for instance, when you have those zones dialed, the maximum TSS score that you can get per hour is 100. So you can think of it as almost a 100% effort versus threshold, right? Okay. And for us, that's a number that's important because with just a quick glance of workout data, we can look at the TSS and it's a really good indicator, <clears throat> excuse me, of upcoming recovery requirements, um, et cetera. So, you know, big days, races, et cetera, really long rides, you can start seeing, you know, this uh, TSS score in, in the several hundreds, which, which almost always means a couple of days off going forward. But anyhow, to, to get back to his question on how do you, you know, measure volume and cycling, I think that beyond just, distance or, or rather duration and frequency it can be really nuanced which is what's so beautiful about the training so for instance i think that you can 
build it based on time throughout all zones, right? So there's there's base zones. There is time above threshold in, in the aerobic zones. I think that you can also build it for some people by elevation during a particular week, you know, for people that are in mountainous areas. Um, you can build it also by cadence, right? So time spent at a certain cadence above X, Y, Z. So I think that it can be a combination of all those things, which are really determined with, you know, that really come into play with the different programs we build based on somebody's goals, right? What they're, what they're training for, where they live, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, when, when he had also referenced like in weightlifting, you know, there's, there's like a, a build period, increasing weight, et cetera. Effective training has a, a cyclical um, quality, quality to it. So, you know, you build, you peak, and then you rest and recover. And the timing of those things also is dependent, I think, on, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, an event that somebody is trying to peak for, et cetera. But rest is a huge part of that. So I think all of those factors can be manipulated in different ways to express volume. And I hope that this is making sense what I what I just said here. But that's that's my take well on it. Well said, Jim. It is, yeah. So if if so like in layman's terms, you could if you kept track of your heart rate over the period of a two hour ride, and for a lot of that you were just say thirty minutes of it, you were just doing easy spinning in zone one, two. And for 30 minutes of it, you had a big climb and you had really ramped it up. You could equate that to some degree of score. You could do a two-hour ride the same week and you could have a different score for that two-hour ride depending on efforts. Exactly. Depending on intensity. Yeah, okay. you could also measure um, just calories burned, you know? Um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Good point. Yeah. Good so point. as long as, and again, like we've talked about before, so... If yeah, to simplify things, like if you were using, we're not endorsing any you know particular workout app or anything, but almost everybody uses Strava. It does assign you a caloric burn based on your ride, which is a calculation of. I'm sure they've got some sort of algorithm based on your average speed, um, average speed and elevation gain, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, body weight, body size, etc. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you could say, okay, even if it's not, even if that's not exactly how many calories I burnt, you know, based on this time and duration, I burnt, it says I burnt this many calories. I do the same ride. I burnt more calories. Thus would have a higher score for that ride. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How would, how would you equate it to wattage or would you? Well, I think it's the same in that you're just substituting power to create the zones versus heart rate, right? Which um, can be, I think, for people that are training with power, it's a little more instantaneous feedback, right? But it's assigned the same way, just based on your own individual zones. So time spent, you know, anaerobic or base, easy spinning, etc. So it's virtually this kind of the same as far as how it's expressed in relation to heart rate. Okay. So, and are you, I mean, are you basically, how would you recommend that somebody build their own plan if they were ramping up toward, you know, an event in eight weeks? Like, would you do the traditional taper concepts and stuff like that? 
Yeah, I think that's important, especially as you get towards, you know, longer events, right? So if it, if it's, you know, like a nine mile time trial, it's going to be a, a super hard effort, right? But it's not something that I don't think is going to, you know, require multi, you know, week long taper or anything like that. So, right. Versus, but in general, yeah, hours. for, you know, somebody that's got a big objective in the middle of the summer, which might be like a, a, a stage race or a, you know, an omnium or something that's, that's multi days. I think that that increases the time of the taper. Okay. And then would you build up to several peaks in there with smaller tapers in between? Yeah, you know, you can, you can definitely, yeah, that's typical, you know, you it's, it's all cyclical, so it ebbs and flows. But, um, you know, if somebody has like right now, you know, a main objective, that's like in August, you're going to, you know, build and then recover numerous times and come back stronger each time, hopefully, right, if it's done well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's not like I, you know, I something that I always try to stress to people is like, it's not a linear progression, right? So people <clears throat> start to feel really fit and then, oh, I don't want to lose it. They think that it's just this continual line upward. It's not, you get, you know, fit, which you can define in different ways. Then you need to rest and recover. So it's like, it looks like a, you know, a, a mountain range when you look at it on a graph, right? There's peaks and valleys when it's done right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. I'm definitely. Right. You know, I reach it. I feel like I've got, I get home from a ride and feel like I've gotten to a certain plateau and I think, okay, just a little more, a little more effort will yield a little bit more. And it's, it's not always the truth. And I think probably a lot of people who listen to this, uh, you know, I don't want to say guilty of it, but probably feel the same way and hit those simpler plateaus. So to get a little more structured in the training plan should definitely yield some results. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not a, a one-time thing, fitness, where, okay, I'm fit. Oh, now I need some time off for whatever reason, and it's gone forever. But a lot of people have that mentality, right? I don't want to lose it. And when they say lose it, there's this almost fear that, oh, it'll never come back. It's like, no, it's, it's just like, it's like a daily schedule. You're awake, and then you sleep. <laughs> You're awake, and then you sleep. Fitness is the same, but the time frame of how those peaks and valleys go are what you know we build into some of these programs right that makes sense yeah 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 okay okay excellent i think i hope that answers brad's question it probably brought up several more questions but i hope it It probably uh, did it probably (laughs) did in in which case he will he will uh he'll communicate more with us and we can get deeper into the weeds on it but i think it's great because you know there's there's people who listen to this that that want, um, you know, more of a general outline. And then there's people who are like, Hey, let's like, what if I really want to get, you know, better here or there. Right. And he's, he, he's definitely on the, um, on the, on the further end of the spectrum where he's, he's got it pretty dialed, you know, and he's a, he's a strong rider and a good athlete. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good one. I've got um, anything else, uh, anything else on that tie before we move on? Oh, I had a question for him. Just, you know, just staying healthy. What are some ways that, you know, like all individuals, not just cyclists can, can, uh, stay healthy. Um, you know, you see it, I do a lot of like charity events and after a charity event, you see people lounging around in their 
side cone closed for hours after the event. And, you know, when I was a pro over in Europe, you know, they drilled it into your head. As soon as you finished a race or, or training, you got out of your wet stuff as quick as possible into dry stuff. Um, you know, no, think, for sure. There's many, many lessons on, on how to stay healthy. Uh, do you, do a, you think that that has a health impact? Or just oh. psychologically, it's better. Oh yeah, oh, it has a health impact for sure, for sure. I mean, it's it's easy to to you know get to get sick um, by sitting around in in those clothes, and then also just from a hygiene standpoint, it's you know get get out of your cycling clothes yeah. as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, if you're interested in getting saddle sores, you know, stay in your wet chamois for a couple hours. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that'll do sure. it. Right. So there's a couple of different. Yeah. It's, it just get at it. You know, as soon as you're finished training or racing, you know, get out of that stuff. So for the, but, for the, for the bike packers and the, uh, you know, the more extreme athletes who are doing, and, and this will actually segue well into our next question, but for the people who are doing that more extreme stuff, um, I know you guys haven't done like tour divide and Ram and stuff like that, but like, what would you recommend? Is there any, particular not necessarily a brand name but any types of products that you'd recommend for people to use who are don't have the luxury you know they might be they might be riding their bike for for a week to three weeks straight uh and they might have two pairs of bibs and they might only wash them once or twice like what do you what do you do to take care of the uh undercarriage okay I've heard yeah. of wet wipes work well. And you know, you can also um, use tea tree oil. This yeah. is this, you know, inevitably we get questions about saddle sores. It's not the most glorious part of cycling, but it it's a reality, right? And you only so, need one. You only need one. You only need one. And, it, yeah. and they can, yeah, you won't forget it. They can sideline you for a long time. It's you yeah, know, right. and they, people shouldn't be embarrassed about it. It happens, but um, tea tree oil is is good. And treating it as long as it's not you know an open sore but it also has a natural antiseptic quality so i think you know just a, a little bottle of tea tree oil does you know you can you can bring that along too but uh okay. like ty said wet wipes you know clean clean yourself up get out of the sweaty clothing and then um you know ty had said yeah how, what are ways to stay healthy and it goes back to before we started this podcast we we're talking about the coronavirus which is really getting a lot of notoriety right now and it's like the same thing that they're preaching is is a good way to stay healthy in general so you know for people that are traveling you know for bike events you know wash your hands try not to touch your your face and rub your eyes um staying hydrated too staying hydrated i believe you know helps helps your body and your immune system so and and getting sleep right so absolutely a lot of rest a lot of rest uh when i feel like i'm getting sick i'd like to try to take like a multivitamin and sometimes a little bit of zinc zinc seems like it's a pretty good um immune booster yep yeah absolutely another good way to another good way to avoid getting sick when you're especially if you're traveling a lot so if you might be traveling to an event or something like that um is uh neti pot Oh yeah, rinse out your sinuses. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten, gotten into yep. that, and I, I, I strongly believe that it helps. Yeah, a lot of people swear by those. those yeah, things. definitely. Yeah, they do. They do. I um, have been kind of prone to sinus infections, and, and they do help a lot. Yep. 
And what yeah. do you do? You do that in the shower? Because they're kind of messy, right? Oh, definitely over the sink. <laughs> over the sink. Yeah, <laughs> I usually do it over the sink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a towel and yeah. 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 But yeah. but not to get overly graphic, but you might be surprised what you see coming out of your sinuses. It's it's good to know it's out of there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Different <Okay>. colors. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, all the colors of yeah. the rainbow. Okay, so question number two. This is from a bike packer who who we are acquainted with. This is from Steve O'Shaughnessy, who nice. has a, who's actually started another podcast, but it was pre quite most recently the host of Bike Pack Canada and Tyler and I had the uh, pleasure of being on his podcast. He hosted us. Uh, Steve's yeah, an awesome guy. He has he's gotten into some bike pack racing, and he does have ambitions to do the Tour Divide in 2021. Which is, um, as as everybody, not everybody knows, as you guys know, and and we can explain kind of what that is. But the Tour Divide is is a race uh, from point to point, totally self supported, so completely unassisted from uh they've actually extended the start line uh, the three of us watched the start about i think three years ago uh from banff alberta canada uh they've extended that north to jasper and people race continuously along the great divide mountain bike route which was originally conceived by the adventure cycling association from missoula and uh, they race bikes from jasper canada to the new mexico border so continuously and I think that that race has been won in 14 or 15 days, something like that, maybe, or just just over 13 days. Yeah, um, yeah. But, 13 or 14 days. Which is yeah, simple. and it can take some people up to a month. I mean, it is just an absolutely massive distance, a lot of uh, a mix of single track and pavements and rough roads and washboardy stuff. Um, so it can really, it can really beat you up pretty good. So. Steve has a, he's gotten a little bit of experience, but he's concerned about one thing. So he wrote to us on the last bikepacking race I ITT, so individual time trial, the Lost Elephant, which is 500 kilometers with 11,000 meters of ascent over 500K. So that's a shitload. Uh, I had a major issue with legs swelling after I finished. I finished in two days, 15 hours. So a little over two and a half days rolling in around midnight. Went home, got some sleep, and unfortunately chose to go to work for 8 a.m. the same morning. I felt okay, albeit a little sleepy, having slept only five hours, but my legs were like sausages. Obviously, more time spent prone with my feet up may have helped, but is it indicative of hydration or issues with my nutrition? My worry is that when I attempt the Tour Divide in 2021, that I may succumb to this and have to scratch. What can I do to mitigate edema? And then he says some nice words about the podcast, which we really appreciate, Steve. Oh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, great question, Steve. So, and that's, um, I can't remember which, I think it was a documentary about Ram. Um, it's called The Long Ride or The Longest Ride or something like that. Uh, and, and that was definitely a factor for some of the racers. I mean, they'd get to like gas stations and they'd be you know, like flipped over with their legs straight up and trying to, and, but some people it doesn't seem to affect. So is this a, is this a, some sort of like genetic thing or something? Is it a bike fit thing? What do you, what do you guys think about that? You know, um, I, I think it's hard to know in each individual case, but my first inclination is that it's probably a hydration or, or lack of hydration issue. And so you know, and you need to realize that 
in athletics and especially endurance events, hydration doesn't just mean water. It's typically a lack of electrolytes. So he probably, you know, needed more sodium um, in whatever he was doing on the daily basis. And then in the evenings, if he could wear like compression gear, you know, compression tights or compression socks, I think that might that might help also. Um, again, you know, in events like that, you don't have just unlimited access to a wardrobe. Right. But right. if he had like um, bib tights that he could that he could sleep in. So like cycling, you know, um, full full legged cycling tights uh, for compression, too. So that might help. But I would think you, would you probably, get them like one size, one size smaller than you'd normally wear? So they're really tight. Like, I don't really I fortunately yeah, I never know, had like, those types of issues. Um, yeah. Well, try like. So compression gear is pretty popular in, in the triathlon world. So, um, you know, he could buy some of those. And um, even even if it's not a full length, like they're compression socks that go up to like knee level. So that would right. probably that would probably help. What's your what are your thoughts on it, Ty? I mean, I the, the was, bottom line is I don't le- know for sure. Yeah, were, were Steve's legs, were they swelling up during the event or just after? It sounds like they were really bad after, but now I think he's thinking, holy shit, I'm going to go from being a 500-kilometer race to a 3,000-mile race or whatever it is, right? Yeah. But typically, after you finish a hard event, you're going to experience some sort of leg swelling, for sure, you know? I mean, after the Tour de France, you totally swell up, you know? And it's your body finally, like, resting. Right, Um, right. But, I mean, you can, yeah, I I mean, ice baths are good. Like, uh, you know, you can do that. Uh, you know, certainly not during during the tour divide, but you know afterwards. But yeah, like Jim said, I think um, you know com- the compression socks or compression tights though, that would be helpful. I've I've always liked um, yeah elevating my legs. Uh, that's helped me a lot. Um, yeah, or or uh, you know you know you can do some self massage. You know all that, and you know if you're in the race and you're experiencing swollen legs, you know just spinning gear, spinning like a a higher gear. You know. Um, just kind of s- spinning the swelling out of your legs a little bit. Yeah, That'll, or maybe you know, there might you're be a couple. Me. There might be a couple times where it's if you're at a place where you can grab a motel room and and have an ice bath and it costs you some time, but you maybe you finish the race yeah. because you take those yeah. opportunities. Maybe that's the right way to approach it. Yeah, I mean, if I if I were to compete in a tour divide, I'd certainly bring a couple things of arnica gel. You know, arnica gels, it's like a homeopathic anti-inflammatory and, um, you know, you might end up putting that on your legs a, a few times every day. Uh, I, 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 I would think that would be helpful. That's like topical? Yeah, topical. Yeah, yeah. And you oh, can okay. take orally. You could, I think they have pills for it too, but uh, I've always liked that the uh, most effective way is the topical stuff. So, and that goes also for like sore, you know, if you have a sore knee or sore ankle, sore wrists, all, all that. Um it's uh, been proven very effective, you know. Yeah, because that'd be a hard thing to have to scratch for if you've got the fitness and you've re- rearranged your life to uh, oh, yeah. be able to be there, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I'd brush my teeth with that stuff, if, you know. If it was, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just really effective. I don't know. I mean, we've, yeah. we've, you know, Jim and I have told so many people over the years, like, you know, to to use that stuff because it's it, it works. It really works. You know. How is it spelled? Anytime you have a sore, anything, put that stuff on. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's great stuff. It's A-R-N-I-C-A. 
Yeah. It's from a plant, actually, but Arnica gel. And you can get it um, at most supermarkets or grocery stores in the, you know, the pharmacy department. It's over the yeah. counter. Yeah. It's over the counter. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and you know what? He's going to be great. He wants to do this in 2021. I know he's doing shorter races in between. So for Steve or anybody else who's had that same issue, um, you know, and he, Steve's smart enough to know this, test test out some techniques to try and uh, combat that. <clears throat> yeah. Right? In yeah, advance. That, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Good you don't want to take a bunch of stuff exciting. that's not effective because packing is critical in those types of events, right? Yeah. But during the event isn't the time to experiment with that stuff, as, as he knows, right? For sure. Definitely. But, uh, I predict Steve will do a great job in 2021. I think he'll be, uh, I think he'll do uh, having a great race. And, you know, I can't wait to watch him. The blue. Uh, yeah. Too. I'm going to be, yeah. I will be following his dot. Yeah, for sure. sure. For sure. No, that's exciting. Yeah. We'll be following him for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's really Super cool. exciting. You know, so, like gravel, like gravel, I think the tour races like the Tour Divide are going to just take off. I think in a few years it's going to be, you know, I think I think there's going to be a lot of records broken in, in a race like that in the coming years. Yeah. 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 It's uh, cool stuff. Top, top event. Too. Yeah. I do too. So, okay, I've got another question, and this one I uh, I wanted to I wanted to read it out because or not read it out, but just go into it because this is something that a lot of cyclists think about, um, probably and probably runners and certainly triathletes too. We can really geek out on it, and we've been. Um, you guys always have a really measured and sensible approach because you know there's uh, like body image issues surrounding like weight and stuff like that, but. At some point in somebody's competitiveness, they do want to get lean out a little bit because at, at its core, cycling, running, triathlon, these are power to weight ratio sports to some degree. And uh, we had somebody ask about just for some advice. It was, this is an uncredited one because I didn't get a name on it. But um, essentially, what's your advice for somebody who's pretty active to just get the last five or 10 pounds off um, that, that they want to lose? Apples. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> honestly if you have one secret food out there if you get to pick one food i'd say apples you know really eh? uh, oh yeah i mean they're great they're good for you uh there's a lot of mass a lot of fiber um when i you know when i was a professional cyclist and i had to lose those, those last few pounds before the tour yeah apples did me good did me you know did me pretty well i'd say but you can't eat just apples. No, you can't. But, you know. <laughs> but when, so, you're trying, when you're two hours away from dinner and you're just starving, you're about to eat the whole refrigerator, you know, eat an apple and drink a glass of water or a glass of salsa water. And like next thing you know, you're not starving anymore. And, you know, you can make it. Right. Today. So. Would you guys recommend that people use like an app to actually track calories or micronutrients or anything like that? Um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, sure, weight loss comes down to, you know, calories in versus calories out, right? To a large degree, but, it does, yeah. Yeah, but also, it sounds like, you know, the person that asked the question, it's like, you're already pretty lean, right? And, yeah. and probably doesn't have, like, a lot of body fat to go. But sometimes we'll have people do what, you know, I would call a lipid burning ride. And... Okay. What we 
what we do is like first thing in the morning when you're still in a fasted state, we'll have them get on the trainer. You can drink like some black coffee beforehand, but no food. And then you spend super easy, like super, super easy. And a lot of people, you know, think that they're, you know, shedding weight or, or burning fat per se by going really hard. But your body starts using glycogen once you get up above the the you know warm up zone. So it's really in the super easy zones where your body's utilizing fat as a fuel source. So that's kind of a trick where you can you can kind of get a little bit lighter that way. But um, you know you don't you don't want to do that and then just go you know throughout the day without eating. I mean you don't want to set yourself up for a bonk or anything. And you know we always try to say everything and. In moderation but that's yeah. a little trick that might help them you know get to those last couple pounds yeah so essentially way. a fasted long ride yeah and that doesn't have to be long you know it can be like 30 30 minutes just you know first okay. thing in the morning 45 yeah. minutes yeah it should be, be real easy you know if you do something like this and you do go out choose to go outside and do it you know be careful because you know you, you don't have any calories in your system and could get a little lightheaded you know so you got to be careful Right, that's a, that's a good point. Carry some food in your pocket in case you fully bonk. Yeah, it's certainly possible. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, or or at least a ten dollar bill. Vegetables, lots of you know. I mean, I used you know big. I used to eat just huge salads. You know, lot lots of nutrients, but not super calorically dense. Um, broccoli, you know, was a lot of broccoli. Um, yeah. What else, Jim? Well, yeah, but I was just going to go back to what Tyler said about apples and they, they really are great. And he wasn't, you know, saying just live on apples, but like when you've really got an urge, it's a good thing to reach for. And like you said, they're, they're dense and they're also low on the glycemic index, right? So they don't, uh, they don't, um, you know, give you the, the blood sugar spikes. Um, right. You know, I think that ultimately the best way to do it is long is long term right so that way you know it's not a super restrictive diet and there's so much you know that shows that weight loss is really attributed and driven by the quality and quantity of food that you eat right so just be mindful about you know portion sizes you know that kind of stuff and drink drinking plenty of water throughout the day that you know a lot of people will eat because they're thirsty and don't even realize it yeah yeah you know Yeah, good advice. I Water, sleep. I mean, all those things are tied into it. You know, I keep going back to, uh, you know, yeah. they're like, oh, he's always saying the answer to everything is water and sleep. But from a it is, though, it is. Those things are all connected. They're yeah. all connected. Yeah, I, 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 I'd be interested to know your guys' opinion on that. But I, I've definitely heard numerous times that, I mean, sleep affects a whole bunch of things. That a sleep, it can affect your gut biome and your mental health and all kinds of stuff. Um, but but I've also heard that it can definitely impact your metabolism. Oh, like, for sure. That's right. For sure. You know, and so many of us, and when I say us, I include myself often, are um, just sleep deprived, right? And yeah, yeah, your body, you know, starts running off of stress hormones and your cortisol levels, you know, change and all of that affects your ability to your metabolism and, and weight loss. So, yeah, it's it's. Something yeah. that I think is just overlooked by a lot of people. They want, you know, you yeah. know, to be told, well, eat, eat this, don't eat this, eat this. But it's like, there's a, 
there's a lot that goes into it. And if you can just stay hydrated and get rest, that'll, that'll do a lot. Yeah, I found I uh, make my smartest food choices when I'm well rested, for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of my worst decisions are tired or hungover or something like yeah. that, right? Like, right. yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, with you know that being said, with you know with the coronavirus being so prevalent prevalent today, like you know, get your rest, like get eight to nine hours of every night. You know, if you're not not getting it done now, like make it happen. Like, you know, it's important. It's super important. It's great advice. Yeah, yeah. it is. So, like we okay. all can do a little bit better in that department. Last question for uh, for this for this pod, guys. Um, Karen in Anaheim asked us, uh, what, "What what place does do you think that weight training should have in your cycling or running program?" You want so to go that's first, pretty guy? that's that's pretty open ended. I mean, I would definitely say that it should have a place just in, based on your overall health and bone density and all of that stuff. But I mean, you guys take it away. I know Tyler. I'm assuming you did almost zero weight training when you were a pro, but this isn't this isn't a question from a pro, most likely, right? Oh, I did. Yeah, we did weight training when I was a pro. Yeah, you did, eh? Okay. But I had not been to a gym in probably ten years, and I joined a gym this winter. And I felt uh, a significant, not that I ride a lot, I kind of ride maybe once a week if I'm lucky, but I did notice a difference on the bike just, you know, after going to the gym and doing some squats and uh, leg presses and stuff like that, core work, I noticed a big difference being out on the bike. Uh, you did, on the, on that fat bike, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and when I was a pro, yeah, we did a lot of, we did weight work in the off season and, um, you know, depending on kind of your body type, you, some people would do some maintenance work during the during the year, uh, but not all, not all the individuals. Yeah, what's your take, Jim? Yeah, I know. I absolutely agree, and I think that um, you know, like Ty, you just spoke in your personal experience, and Pete in in asking the question, you kind of answered some of the most important parts, right? It's it's just I think it's an integral part of of just life so not just for cyclists but certainly including cyclists and all of us as as we continue to age too right it's good for injury it's great for injury prevention um you know if you can stay you know strong and functional functional you know throughout your life you'll have you know hopefully a much better you know, old age too. Right. So, um, you you talk about elderly people that, you know, fall and break a hip. Well, so much of that is just because they don't have the strength to, you know, control and and block for those things. So long story short, I think it's good for overall life, but absolutely beneficial for cycling. And like um, Pete said for bone density, right? So if you're doing an exercise regimen, that's, you know, purely, aerobic and doesn't include either some weight bearing or also jarring type movements you know your your bone density will suffer so it's it's important i we recommend it we send weight work routines to our clients throughout the year you do some of them some of them are cycling specific and some of them are full body right and and i would throw core work into the same group right super important and beneficial Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do a lot of core work just for my own, like the health of my back 
it's um i'm like a new guy by having dedicated myself to that but um there's no question that uh you know as much as we as much as i love cycling i know that that uh, you have to augment that with either weight training or running or something weight bearing right because as much as we love that sport there is a unintended consequence to not having any impact right so that's interesting yeah absolutely and you know i remember um you know tyler in the past having you know told me that and obviously you know that the level that he was at is is not the norm right so there, there aren't many people that are racing the tour de france where being as light as possible is an advantage but i remember you know you saying that you wish that you had maybe a little more upper body strength and were able to stand a little more you know once in a while yeah yeah um, i mean i lost a ton of upper body muscle like know, when you're standing and, and pulling on the yeah. handlebars and stuff you mean yeah yeah yeah. so i never really during my career i wasn't one to be super explosive out of the saddle you know i mean i, I was my sprint is pretty pathetic i would say you know? <laughs> but I well you had it you had it on the days but uh, yeah but in general yeah yeah i was pretty uh like i'd say bottom heavy my legs were pretty strong but my upper body was kind of um kind of twig like but, uh, you don't need to worry about that anymore no no, no. <laughs> he's still you know, pretty I, I heard uh i heard celine yeager on the paceline podcast say that um and celine's been on on our show and i think she's very much very much like you guys she has a very well-rounded view of of training and having it fit the rest of your life and she said that uh I thought it was really well put that you really don't need to do all that much weight training, but you do need to do it. And then she just said, you know, she's like, do, do like 50 squats in five minutes and, and then exactly. tell me that you don't notice that the next day. Like you will notice it does do something. And I don't oh, know yeah. if that's the exact number she said, but it was a great point. Yeah. But yeah, even if you don't want to go get a gym membership, even if you don't want to go get a membership, like go get, get one of those like stretch cords, you know, do some stuff in your in your basement or your garage yeah yeah you know so much of the the stuff that we'll send clients are you know 10 or 15 minute body weight routines you can do a lot you can do it right you know in your in your living room yeah or throw some water bottles into a backpack and just do some yeah do some squats that way absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. great great point yeah you don't need a fancy gym membership for sure Uh, it's kind of all around us right for sure. Yep. Uh, some yoga action would be good too. You know, there's plenty of videos you can pull up on online, so you can watch on your phone or your computer. So a ton of free resources. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Jim, aren't you starting a yoga video? No. I am. <laughs> uh, I will. Pete is going to be the the showcase model, but you're right. I did start that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so everybody can uh, hold their breath for that one. No. Yeah. No, yeah. There, are, there are specific, like, cycling yoga videos out there. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe yeah. we'll get one going someday. Yeah. I think yeah. We oh, cycling specific. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A yeah. bunch of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's something that we incorporate as well for, you know, for all of our clients. Great point. Well, Jim, as yeah. always, we love having you on. We're looking forward to having you back and we love doing this this uh version of the podcast so again everybody this was jim capra from tyler hamilton training he's the head coach um very knowledgeable guy 
Uh, Jim, where can people reach out to you again? Yeah, you know, um, our website, TylerHamiltonTraining.com has my contact info. So, you know, email, phone, um, Jim at TylerHamiltonTraining.com. Okay. Um, And I, you know, look forward to hearing from anybody. But um, these questions are great. This is super fun. So I'm, I'm honored to uh, be on your show and would love to keep it going. This is awesome. It's great. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, to everybody who's been writing in and listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, send us, you can send questions directly to Jim uh, through the website. We'll address them on the podcast or you can hit us up at adventureaudiopodcast.gmail.com uh, or on our Twitter, Facebook or Instagram accounts. That's it. Yeah, yeah awesome. Keep yeah. the questions coming and, and thank you both, Ty and Pete. Yeah, thank Jim, you. thanks a lot, awesome. Pete. Thank you. Uh, Great job be, again, be Jim. Safe. Thank you. Well, everybody be safe and everybody stay healthy and get them lots of rest and keep washing your hands. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, right. by the time we record our next episode, uh, you know, Tyler and I probably within the next week or so, hopefully, we've got some better news globally about this stuff. Yeah. But in the meantime, yeah. everybody just uh, take care of one another out there, right? Be safe. Yeah. We hope. Yes. Yeah. Totally. All right, you guys. Take hey. care. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks. Take Thomas. care, guys. Take Thank care. you. We'll chat Bye-bye. soon. Bye bye. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Another big thank you to Jim Capper for spending some time with us and uh, doing such a great job of articulating some answers about training questions. Once again, please reach out to us with those training questions or any other comments that you might have about the podcast at adventureaudiopodcast.gmail.com. Again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is where you can find us as well as Adventure Audio on there. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thanks to Jim and Ty. Lots of fun recording this episode and uh, we're going to be uh, recording some more very soon. Um, Strange times in the world right now with this uh, virus. Uh, Everything sort of changed uh, this past Thursday, which I think was March 12th, where it went from something that people were certainly keeping an eye on uh, in North America to something that's become much more severe. So a lot of people are home. Uh, we hope everybody's taking good care of themselves. Uh, we are going to use the opportunity of a little bit more downtime than usual to uh, connect with some people and get some get some good recordings done. We do most of our recordings remotely anyways. So we're going to try and see if we have this as an opportunity to uh, bank some episodes and, and hopefully uh, give people some entertainment while they're, uh, you know, home from work and just have an unusual amount of downtime. So take care, everybody. We'll be back to you again soon. And thank you for listening.